I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an ABC podcast. She's a dominant force. If there is a weak spot out there, she can actually turn that around and use it to your advantage. At the top of the goal square, she kicks it. She snaps a spectacular tumbling goal. This is The Outer Sanctum on ABC Radio. We are The Outer Sanctum and welcome to our huge bumper grand final edition radio show, the last radio show, in fact, for the AFLW season. I am your host, Emma Race. I'm wearing my Carlton scarf and I'm thrilled to be here with my teammates, my football-loving sanctum sisters, my groundbreakers and my history makers. I'm going (laughs) to let them introduce themselves. Hello, it's Lucy Race here. It's Alicia Sometimes. It's Kate Sear. Felicity Race. And I'm Nicole Hayes. I think we would call that a full quorum of the coven. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a while. It has been a while. Are you guys feeling good? Are you feeling warmed up, ready, pumped, ready to go? I am warmed up. It suddenly feels like winter today in Melbourne, which is weird. We haven't had that before, so it must be coming to the end of AFLW if the uh, weather's changing. Let me tell you about some of the amazing guests that we have on the show today. We will be catching up with Mangra Coast and Carlton superfan Shelley Ware. The captain of Melbourne Elise Junior O'Day is going to pop by. We're going to get a chance to speak to Cecilia McIntosh to really farewell her in style since she retired from the AFLW system. And somewhere along the the line, Kate Sia, I think we're going to talk about who put the M in AFLM. Well, I can't wait to hear all about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to find out who it was. Totally. To yeah, who yeah, it was. Yeah. As always, when we're on radio, we love to hear from you guys. I think, Kate, we've already got a couple of messages coming in. We do. Uh, one of them's from Phineas, who's uh, tweeted us about the incident, that, the very unfortunate incident that we saw on television last night where Eddie Maguire made some comments about uh, the woman... Uh, tossing the coin at the start of the Sydney-Adelaide game. And Phineas has said, re-Eddie Maguire, Twitter has missed the point by focusing on Eddie. And so we have missed an opportunity to talk about and have society learn about ableism. And I think Phineas and a number of other people have been have been sharing similar views as well about the, the importance of a conversation about ableism. Before we get started, let's take a look back at the season that was. Blackburn picks up, eyes the goals and steers it through. Ailing McCarthy, awkward helicopter, kick sails through. And there's a jig, Michael Flatley's at the wet noble, look out. Gum emerges, space for Staunton, favourite right boot, goal. Bonner, she's going to carve a path, find her left boot, what a finish. The Irish woman sets Blacktown alight. Into an open goal, she's run down. Wonderful chase from Meg McDonald. So long, farewell, I'll be the same Right foot kick on the way, Eden Zaka, oh. that's spectacular. Guttridge on the left boot, kicks it. Guttridge has her first goal in AFLW football. Two bounces, steadies, Ashley Sharp with a ripping goal. Kick inside 50, Ashmore, here's a chance for Munn. Oh, she doesn't dribble it through. She can make the ball talk. And she's hooking it back, Sabrina Duffy handed it to Paxman, who runs to 30, and Paxman drills the goal. Exxon sells the dummy, runs to 20 metres, and slots it. Puts it to the hot spot, Cunningham. And she absolutely nails it. Like only Tess Armstrong can do. In the words of Tess Armstrong, hang on to the ludicrous ending there. In my mind, that was a whole host of AFLW fans just going, goodbye. 
Well, from the outer. Not yet. As the mother carried um, Lily Mithen up the staircase. Oh, oh <laughs> Lily Mithen. Oh, she's the perfect Gretel. Perfect. Oh, my gosh. We've actually got a call. I think it might be a super fan of the AFLW. Hello, is that Andy? It certainly is. G'day, ladies. How you doing? Well, very good. We're happy to hear from you. Who are you going to be celebrating and supporting tomorrow? Because you're a Pies fan, right? Oh, but yes, 100%. It's really difficult to choose. <laughs> the home ground feeling last week made Adelaide just feel great. Cheering for Adelaide was amazing. At the same time, listening to Daniel Hufford and the way that he speaks about those girls, it's really making me nudge over to the Carlton side, which feels really dirty. Oh, <laughs> I know how you feel. Hey, Andy, um, is the Go Footy sign going to have another week left in it? Is it making the trip again over to Adelaide? I'm afraid it's not. I actually left it in Adelaide because it was such a pain to carry around and take back <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> it, uh, I foolishly got like a hardboard so I couldn't roll it up. So um, no sign as yet. So that would mean that season three, you've got you've you know you've got some things to review until you go into season four of AFLW. <laughs> maybe some kind of more malleable sign that says "Go Footy" that you can roll up and take on the road. Exactly. I'm learning from my mistakes. Thank you so much for all your support during the season. We hope all the very best for your pies next year, Andy. Oh, me too. I was, I was just thinking that, yeah, the pies win at Vic Park in the last round was the uh, the highlight of my year, obviously. But Special. even though the preceding six rounds were tough, it made up for it. I tell you. <laughs> well, make sure you keep tuned in for this um, when we speak to Cecilia McIntosh, because I'm sure you're going to love all the pies talk that will be ensuing. Always. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great opportunity for us to um, sanctum-style farewell some of the teams. Collingwood was one of them that obviously didn't make it through to the finals. But Brisbane, Lucy. Yes, I'm going to start with a bit of a thumbs down for Brisbane. I'm sorry. But after playing in the last two grand finals, they finished ninth out of the ten with only two wins. And I reckon, you know, the loss of those players like Britt Gibson and Caitlin Ashmore had an impact, but their form was so patchy. It was really hard to sort of pick it from week to week, and I feel like they lost their way a little bit. On the positives, at their best, they still looked formidable, and that game against the Western Bulldogs, they just looked as good as anyone. Nat Exxon, Kate Lutkins, Kate McCarthy and Sabrina were all really good, and their youngster, Jackie Yorston, got a Rising Star nomination, so that's fantastic. You could almost say that Brisbane fell victim to the Season 3 slump, which you might actually recognised from some TV shows, <laughs> such as Riverdale, Homeland, <laughs> Designated Survivor. <laughs> the future can be bright, though. They just need to keep in mind the glorious season fours, shows like Mad Men, West Wing, Game of Thrones. The Wire. So <laughs> all they're going to need to do is survive a bit of a cast change, though, with the departure of Sabrina. Mm, very oh. interesting. Now, one team that we thought that was going to really fire this season that didn't really was GWS. Kate? Yeah, they, they were a bit of a disappointment. They had two wins and five losses overall, and they finished third in their conference, which was Conference B. I wanted to reflect on the GWS season by just thinking about this as the in the bigger picture, the bigger scheme of things, because this is the third instalment in the history of the GWS women's team. So the first instalment in Season 1 AFLW 2017 was a really solid performance and it surprised some people. They sort of came from nowhere and did quite well. The second instalment, 2018... I think it really represented a change from the first in um, instalment. And there was a huge improvement and they won a, a lot of new fans. And so expectations for the third instalment were super high and many people, and I must confess, including me and a couple of us, Lucy as well, actually thought that GWS would go on, go on to win the flag, but they didn't. And it, and it's all a bit like the, the original Star Wars twil- trilogy, I think, um, in that, you know, A New Hope was really solid, Empire Strikes Back was just incredible, and then Return of the Jedi was a bit of a disappointment. It was a bit flat. It's also there's also other parallels with the Star Wars trilogy because GWS were led by Grandmaster Yoda, aka Alan McCon- McConnell. Um, they travelled to far flung Bushlow Carls for footy, so um, not the forest moon of Endor, but Canberra for the Canberra Oval. And in the same way that the Return of the Jedi, Jedi didn't quite reproduce. The Empire Strikes Back's daring theatre suspense. It was a disappointment, but there's lots of positives for 2020, as we've seen with the recent Star Wars reboot. Ewoks? Yeah, well, exactly. I mean... Um, That's like Delpos 
That's right. Like, Alicia Eva. Alicia Eva, those little fast ones. <laughs> adorable. Right. They're adorable. Now, you are but you are pie through and through for the AFLW. <laughs> um, Alicia, it hasn't been the season that you hoped for. No, they don't call me Pollyanna for nothing. <laughs> I was hoping at the very beginning with all the new players and uh, just the past seasons that perhaps they'd pick up their third season and, and do really well. And I can I can feel Andy's pain there for sure. I mean, Ash Brazel just had an amazing season. Uh, Jamie Ash and Jamie Lambert have been recognised for the impressive performances across the AFLW season by being selected for the All-Australian squad, which is really good. Ash Brazel earned a nomination for their MVP Player of the Week. She's done really well. Obviously, we're saying goodbye to Cecilia later. It was just not not their year and you know maybe next year they'll do do better it's interesting to note too as with other teams may 5th they're doing the vflw so that's all so i'll put on my colors then and uh, get down and and cheer them on i wanted to say my movie for collingwood is the bad news bears um <laughs> minus the alcoholic boss and uh, minus any lawsuits in, I don't know if you remember that, but the Bad News Bears, they just, you know, they were the little team that could and they got up and they won. So I'm hoping all the young blood and all the energy and all the love from the Pies supporters will get them there. I love it. We're getting some text messages through. Um, Robin from Ramsden Street, who's a huge fan of the AFLW, has said, I've loved this AFLW season. The improved skills have been awesome. I'd just like to have a good contest tomorrow. I don't think my preference for a Lions win is possible. No, that is not possible <laughs> this year. Also from someone else, great show. I'm getting behind the Crows, even though I'm a Victorian. After all, it's my ABC. Anyone but Carlton, uh, which I understand. Now, Nicole, at the start of the season, you were right on the purple bandwagon and last week just through a little sleight of tongue I think did someone accidentally call Freo Fremantle the Fremantle the Dockers or the or Shemantle yeah (laughs) (laughs) what did you think of Freo's season yeah so I did have high hopes for them but I feel like nobody else did I compared it to the sixth sense because you know (laughs) Because a lot of people missed out right from the start. And if you think about that movie, in the first 15 minutes, that creepy little kid looks at Bruce (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Willis right in the eye and says, I see dead people. Like he's looking at him. He gives the big reveal (laughs) right up front. Spoiler alert for those who haven't seen it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. sorry. Belated spoiler alert. Like he tells us a hook so early on. And I feel like if you look at the Frio lineup early at the start and even coming off to the back of – 2018. They had six um, All-Australians last year. Um, they had Kelly Gibson returning after a shortened, you know, injury, shortened season. And also the big talk around Kiara Bowers, who did come in, I think it was round one she played, yeah. didn't she? So she was back for the first time. I feel like the writing was on the wall. I mean, and obviously they didn't perform quite to the standard they would have liked to last week. Um, they were carrying some injury. Cara Donnellan pulled out at the last minute. They were a bit proppy. I also feel like possibly no one was going to beat Carlton last week. So I just think they were on a rile, a bit of a kind of a momentum uh, wave. But they've got a lot to look forward to. They've got another, I think they've got another six uh, All-Australians this year. And, you know, with the addition of West Coast coming into the crowd, I think, you know, WA football's looking very good. Did Dana Hooker see dead people? I don't know if she did. (laughs) But she was a bit bit proppy too. So Interesting though to know, like, West Australian footy, absolutely, like, mm. fantastic. But I, are you nervous that that team has just maybe found its feet and then it might get depleted through the West Coast? There's a lot of talk about Gemma Houghton. Mm. So we'll Gosh. see whether Gosh. she's going to move. You starting rumours? Mm. Something like that. Kate, now this was an interesting one because North missed out by the hair on their chinny-chin-chins. Mm. I mean, I'm speaking personally here, but <laughs> what did you make of North's season? Uh, I've got tweezers in my bag. You can borrow them later. Um, North were a team, I think, with a really solid and storied history and an all-star cast. So there were great expectations about North season, expectations of big things. I think a lot of people thought North might win the flag and they did start sensationally, but there was a bit of a sour end by the end of things and it raised more questions than it answered. So really it's like any of the Star Wars prequels. Many upsides for them and I think, uh, as I said earlier, like Star Wars has been rebooted in recent years to great acclaim. Everything is up for North Melbourne next year. I think they'll go well. They should go well. Felicity, Western Bulldogs? Well, the Bulldogs... um... Um, this season was pretty much a complete reversal of 2018. Um, last year was five wins and two losses, and they flipped that round the other way this year. Um, potentially a victim of conferencing, as they really did 
sit in a tougher draw, I think. Even in a combined ladder, they were going to miss finals. A couple of positives with, obviously, Katie Brennan coming back, a few games to Isabel Huntington, etc. But um, I just don't think they filled the gaps from the um, the players who left to join other expansion clubs, etc. So the film that I'm going to compare it to is The Usual Suspects. And this film sort of potters along and it's quite good and it's entertaining and compelling. And then just in the very last quarter of the last match of the last round, it shows something brilliant and that's what the Bulldogs did. <laughs> they, they left us with Spoiler that, alert again. Oh, that last quarter. It's like, why didn't you do this all year? That's mine. <laughs> well, I'm going to go movie first and you tell me which team it was. When an experienced captain leads a team of fresh-faced, courageous fighters into the front line, into the unknown... Is it Saving Private Ryan or is it Geelong 2019? <laughs> Geelong had a lot to celebrate. Nina Morrison was the biggest story around round one because in the practice match and then round one, she was spectacular, of course, went out with an ACL. It was young faces. They've really worked on having a list that recognises that Geelong is, is a destination club and somewhere that they need to really work on the environment that they're in down there. So it was a lot of young faces with a couple of a smattering of experts that have been plucked from other teams. I think that they were really lucky to get the um, finals experience because it will just help them grow so much. Disappointing to see Dr. Dr. Aaron Hoare leave the AFLW system to go take on other adventures. But of course, that's what happens in AFLW. So I think really good signs for Geelong. The big story for me was Meg Mack. I've talked about her all year. I think she's going to become all Australian. And finally, Lucy, Melbourne. Melbourne. So it's disappointing that Melbourne didn't get to play finals again and the conference system played a part, but I reckon Melbourne's going to be really ruining those two losses to Fremantle and to North by four points. And in hindsight, those losses really cost them dearly. On the positive side, many thought Melbourne wasn't going to really fire without, you know, with the loss of some really big names and some key personnel. But people like O'Day and Paxman and Mithen continued the D's midfield strength and people like Lauren Pierce and Tegan Cunningham really made a mark as well. In terms of movies, I would say that the Melbourne season was a little bit like The Notebook. Hmm. Lots of passion. You go in with pretty low expectations and it turns out to be pretty good. Oh, okay, that. And then in the end, it breaks your heart. Makes you cry. Of course, it makes you cry. Percentage has been the bugbear of Melbourne in all three seasons of the AFLW. Is that why they made their captain someone who was an accountant? (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the Outer Sanctum, the captain of the Melbourne Football Club, Elise Junior O'Day. How are you, Junior? Yeah, going well. Thanks for having me, ladies. Excited did, to be here. did Lucy get it right? Oh, she nailed it. I'm just looking across <laughs> the, the table from her and I thought, yeah, I cry at the, end, at the end of the notebook and the end of the season. So, yeah. <laughs> what would you like to tell us about the Melbourne season of 2019? Yeah, it was just, it was another one where we just missed out by inches and that's what it comes down to in a lot of these football games. They're they're such quick football games that go 15 minutes a quarter and all of a sudden they're over before you know it and yeah, if you're not in front, yeah, if you sort of just make a few quick mistakes or it can get away from you and you can't get it back. You were made co-captain to this year. How different is your role on game day when, when you're, as opposed to just the other players? Yeah, um, obviously that was a huge honour to begin with, just to be named co-captain with Shell Scott. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't think my role would change too much game day, but I think it did. I think I became a lot more conscious about how the team was going in general and, and what the players were like, what the mood of the players was like post-game. And I was like, oh, are we up? And I found myself, you know, sort of worrying about little things that probably weren't within your control. But I think that's what your sort of your job is. Your job is to sort of be the mediator between the group and the coaches and and then still try and get the girls up and, and play your own game as well. So there was a few different elements, but it was interesting. It was a big learning curve, that's for sure. We touched on conferences, Elise, and, and it did play a part in um, Melbourne not playing finals. With new teams coming in next year, have you had a think about like what would your preferred option be if the AFL asked you, what would you like to see? Well, it just depends. Like, obviously, I'd love to play every team once, mm. and then whether it just be a top two, like we've had in prior years, and so you know that at least the top two teams have gotten through, and it, and there's one ladder percentage might come into it, things like that. But I just, I think that's what the girls really want. They just want to play every team once. I can understand, like, trying to find a time yeah. frame that we can all sort of yeah play in it, 
So it depends what time of the season we're playing in. Um, Elise, I want to ask you a much more controversial question again, not just on on conferencing, but um, something that really divides this group, and that is our views on whether players should dress up for Mad Monday or Silly Saturday (laughs) as they have it in the women's competition, whether fancy dress is okay or not. Did you have a Silly Saturday uh, for the Melbourne squad? And if so, did you wear fancy dress or do you have a plan to wear fancy dress? Yeah, I honestly don't mind whether you wear fancy dress or not. But yeah, we had a we had a silly Saturday where we had a party boat that sort of took us out to Williamstown from the Docklands, and we had about a three hour yeah party boat. And yes, we did dress up. We had an aviation theme. So anyway, <laughs> anyway. that makes sense on a boat. Yeah, so it was just sort of a theme we had throughout the season. So we sort of followed that through. Wait, how do you uh, have a theme throughout the season? Uh, what does that mean? Well, Man overboard. <laughs> <laughs> this is going very inner sanctum. Okay. Um, we sort of. The, the way we sort of think about our season, uh, we sort of paralleled it to sort of not having limits and mm-hmm. and um, we sort of drew on Amelia Earhart um, and what she did being the first female pilot and we sort of, yeah, Mick, our, co- our coach, he was just terrific in the way he sort of moulded the season around that and shaped it and, um, yeah, so we thought fitting to end the season on aviation theme but yeah on the silly saturday themes i've just got some live breaking news which is that collingwood's having their silly saturday today and their theme was that they have all dressed up as cecilia mcintosh who is coming up on the show which is just a lovely salute we can't wait to see the many and varied alicia i want to see photo evidence um elise uh, i know that you talk to younger footballers and younger teams and as co-captain you must give a lot of speeches as well what do you tell the players or or girls coming into the game about being your best oh, yeah I think it's just sort of reiterating what they're good at it's just reinforcing you don't want to tell them anything new on game day you don't want to give them anything that they need to focus on that they haven't heard before basically I thought oh I'm gonna to have to come up with these really original pre-game talks and really pump them up but if a team's good with their process all you really have to do is reiterate what Mick said, what the coaches have said, and then just go out there and just bring energy and effort. Elise, I was going to ask about watching some of the foundation clubs like Melbourne and the Bulldogs, etc., um, really seeing the effects of losing players to, to new teams. As captain, what, what's your pitch right now? Like, How do you keep as many of your team together into next season? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, I think... I've thought about this before because I was like, how are we going to – I don't want to lose any of our players to expansion, but you just create an environment where people just want to stay. You don't want to force them to stay if they don't want to because you're not going to get the best out of them if you do that. So you just create a good culture and a good environment and that's what we're trying to build there at Melbourne. We're just creating a place where you have fun but you're pushed. Like I definitely feel at Melbourne I've been pushed harder than I ever have been. There's many times where I think I'm not cut out for this. (laughs) But – like you get better as a person and as a player and that's what I want to be a part of. We are speaking with the co-captain of the Melbourne Demons, Elise O'Day. We've just heard that you can now offer two-year contracts to players. Do you think how much will that help retention at clubs? Yeah, um, it's a great idea. Two years definitely just settles you a bit more because you go into each season and you think, oh, I have to perform, I have to perform if I want to stay on a list, especially if you're – it wouldn't matter, actually, if you're a fringe player or or whether you're one of the players that is a shoe-in each week or whatever you think a shoe-in is because you never feel comfortable each week. So I love the idea of a two-year contract. The longer I could have a contract with Melbourne, the better because <laughs> then it's the longer I can play football for. But I think, yeah, just – it just settles you. It means that you know that the girls that are on two-year contracts are going to be around. They're, they've committed. Um, you can really start to build something within the group. Two years, three years, whatever. The more the better. Yeah. Sign them up for life. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Elise, I um, think that you might be happy with the grand final entertainment tomorrow because I read that uh, there's someone playing who you wanted to take out the hottest 100 this year, Amy Shark. How are you feeling about that? Yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> it's just awesome. I love that. It just makes me love like Amy Shark even more that she's just supporting women's football. It's she's, amazing. She's a legend. She makes good music. So I'll be watching for sure. It's so exciting. Thank you so much for coming in and speaking to us on the Outer Sanctum today, Junior. It's been lovely to see you take <laughs> the step to become the captain and your football is doing all the talking as well. We wish you the best of luck for next season. Good on you, ladies. Thank you. Um, we are loving getting your SMSs. Go Blues women. We will show them we deserve to be in the grand final. Our team is united and ready to win. Woohoo! Cheers from <laughs> 
Peter. <laughs> and Geelong's movie has to be Gallipoli because of that horrific ending, oh, <laughs> oh, which is a bit sad, isn't it? What a death. <laughs> Coming up next, Margaret Footy Show host Shelley Ware is a nervous blue ahead of the AFLW Grand Final. She joins us in the studio in a moment. You are listening to The Outer Sanctum on ABC Radio and Grandstand Digital. I'm Lauren Rosali and you're listening to The Outer Sanctum. We are so excited. Our next guest is, you would know her from the Margrook Footy Show, but she's always wearing her blues jumper. She's also wearing a blues scarf. We are so pleased to have our sister in the studio, Shelley. Where? Hello. 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 <laughs> well, we're good, but how are you? How are you going? I'm going well. I'm exhausted from what's been the last few weeks, but I'm going really well with... Filled with love and hope. There has been a lot of talk this week. Uh, racist issues have raised their head again and made their mark on our beautiful game. And I always wonder how, just how you're going with that? Because that's rough for you and your family. It is a bit rough. And it chips, like I've talked to you before about my armour that I have. It chips away at that. And then I get a text from Nicole who says, I am so sorry every time we have you on this show, there's something racist and that's not why we invite you on the show. <laughs> I said, it's like they've got our calendars synced. <laughs> you know, they know we're coming on. Bless their hearts. It was really rough. I actually had some heavy hearted days. And then West Coast... They came out, they did what they did, and it really lifted everything. Like, I actually felt like I was, like, floating around my kitchen, you know, and I messaged you, Em, and I was just like, oh, this is just, I feel so much better. Like, it, those little things just brighten you up because you just know that, that there's so many people supporting you and that it's going to be better. But, yeah, the re- reaction's been swift. That says a lot, doesn't it? Oh, it says a lot. Things things are definitely changing, you know. We used to have all these comments through our lives and some, oh, you know, you'll be right. It was a bit of a thing that would happen or nothing. And now it's just like bang, 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 you know, like everyone's together. The nice thing about what West Coast did, I think, is that they really put some thought into what they were going to present. And they didn't just say, this is wrong. They really explained why it was wrong and what impact language has. And I think that we're seeing a shift there. Would you agree that you start, that there is a shift in the way that people are actually talking and, and trying to educate people? Absolutely. Like That was a full educational piece that they'll yeah. be able to use within schools. And, you know, we showed it on the Mangrove Football Show. And, you know, I had just been in a situation a week earlier where a man, when I was having drinks with a friend, decided that he would call me a particular name just in our conversation. And I... He said that, that exact educational speech to him and he goes, oh, well, 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 thank you. I'll stop saying that now that you've kindly educated oh. me. But when he left my space, I was like actually mm, started to sure. cry. Yeah. Like I actually started like I lost my breathing a bit and then I was starting to cry. And then my beautiful girlfriend came and gave me a hug and she's like, what's going on? Because you know me, I'm generally an ice queen. So but it, <laughs> <laughs> it sort of like really was like in my face. It had been a long time since it had been in my face. You know, people... People, people are, are supporting and getting there, so we can what, only hope. What I, I don't understand is how you maintain your grace because, you know, that even in that story, there's an expectation that you will educate people and yeah. that is not your job and that is not your role. It kind of is. It's, <laughs> <laughs> if you want it to be. If you want, I can either be really angry and yeah. I can live at home and have real darkness in my life about it and mope around about it, or I can choose to one educate people. And, my, and my, I had a really strong role model in my father and my my grandfather and the the things that they've done for me and laid the paths that they've laid for me. And I like to honour their um, journey and what they did for me. So I do that basically to honour them. Do you choose to read? There's been actually a lot of really interesting articles this week about language. Bob Murphy um, wrote... Beautiful. Well... By the by, he wrote an amazing piece about um, the changes in football clubs for men, but he used some language that is interesting for us because he used AFLM as a term. He did, didn't he? <laughs> did you read that? Did you re- I did read that. Oh, what and did I you thought, think, And you know what the first thing I thought was? Oh, I don't mind my son playing AFL football now. Like, oh, I don't wow. act, that was the actual first thought I had. Because for a long time I've thought when I look at these places, it's so pushed in, everybody's so, you know, it just seems like a really toxic environment at times. And I feel really sorry for them that we just want more, 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 more from them as spectators, as football clubs, from all hierarchy. And I think, do I want my child to play AFLM? 
or do I want him to go and do something else? Mm. Now, I actually, for the first time, thought, I can see what Bob's talking about and there's a, there's a place for my very sensitive child to be in there. It surprises me a bit hearing you say that, Shelley, in a way, because you've been around footy clubs for a long time and I guess I assume that positive things are happening at the grassroots level mm. up, right up to the elite level. You you do have uh, a really privileged position in that you have a sense of what's going on right across mm. footy. You go out to Indigenous communities a lot. It, within footy clubs, do you think is culture changing and improving? I think it is and I think it is coming from grassroots and there are a lot of amazing programs that are but I still do think there is a long way to go and I think the language change and you know like seeing Nathan Buckley hugging and all of those sorts of things are changing and then on the weekend we saw Jack Watts crying and not having to pour the water over his face mm. to hide his tears like all those things add up and they 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 impact the children watching and then before you know it those children act accordingly and then we get a better future. Just changing slightly, you must be so excited about tomorrow. And I just want yeah. you to give us a little bit into your Carlton, your blues. What, yeah. what do they mean to you? Well, I feel really um, blessed to be a part of the um, Carlton Football Club family, as do my new Hawthorne supporters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shelley, this is, this is awkward. I'm, I'm on board the Crows. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm actually an Adelaide girl, so I'm really excited about Adelaide turning it on and showing us how to, how to do it. And so that will be exciting. But the Blues are really special to me. Um, I started barracking for them for my, my husband because I came over from Adelaide and I was a Port Adelaide um, SANFL girl. And my husband said, well, you have to barrack for Carlton now. And I said, oh, okay. And I really embraced it from the start. And they have really embraced me like on Mangrook and there's been a lot of support. And, you know, I get to do amazing things like be on their rap committee and their social inclusion and diversity subcommittee and, and just be there and I sit with a cheer squad and they're great friends and then I can go and sit up at a, you know, like the high, high fun toffee little area and that's <laughs> fun too. But everybody across the board is just really open and it's just a great place to be around. Shelley, last week at the game, um, we saw a beautiful video before um, the game that was made by Carlton with a, yes. a gorgeous welcome. Can, yeah. you, can you tell the listeners about that? So that's their Welcome to Country video and they're the first club to include the women and the men. So it was just really beautiful and they've worked on that for a while. That was part of the, the um, Reconciliation Action Plan. It's nice to see both AFLW and AFLM together doing that. So it was uh, a really special thing to have Carlton do. We've wanted to do it for a little while. And will that come out during the AFLM season as well? Yes, oh, yes. Brilliant. So that is across the board now. That's their welcome to country. Like Port Adelaide do. That's where it originally came from. So Port Adelaide Football Club and then Richmond and then others. And others will, will follow suit, I'd imagine. Shelley, you're clearly going to be going for Carlton tomorrow. Clearly. You're clearly. <laughs> very loudly and emotionally. Who's been your standout um, this season for the Blues. Yeah, well, I've loved Maddie Presparkus. Absolutely loved watching her. She's been a joy, and I feel like we're really starting to get those real footy brains coming through. You know, that have touched the ball for all those hours, and and she's just a natural like, and it's just been a pleasure to watch her. And she's really shy and reserved too, and so she's sort of as kept to herself. And I've tried to stalk her and things like that. And I still haven't had the pleasure to meet her. Oh, yeah. So she always ducks out of the rooms, and is you know, she's just a really shy girl, but she just really knows what she's doing, and she is a pleasure to watch. Yeah, Disposal yeah. queen. When you see those unbroken pathways, you yeah. know that she's just, she's got it in spades and she's got a little sister that you need to sign up as oh, well. All right, well, I'll get on to that yeah. after we'll I leave. Yeah. <laughs> we are so happy for you because you are have been a bagger for so long and yes. it must be an amazing feeling seeing women wearing your oh, jumper and yep. in the ta- pa- post-Taylor Harris p- kick pick um, era, <laughs> I think we are also seeing some changes on and off the field, which you've been such a huge part of. We thank you so much for giving your time to the Outer pleasure. Sanctum today. My pleasure as always. <laughs> we love hearing um, talk of AFL-M and our own Kate Sear is responsible for putting Ooh. the M in AFL-M. She wrote an amazing article that was online this week and it's been followed up. We've had Bruce McAvaney said AFL-M yesterday on the coverage. We got about a million tweets. But before we go to the break, I would like you just to listen to a little piece of audio from when we did the podcast back in 2017. This is where it originated from. Have I missed anything? Is there any final business here, ladies? I don't think so, except as you flagged at the start that there's another competition that starts uh, in a couple of days' yeah. time too. That's, That's what you've missed. AFL, if you Google it. AFLM. <laughs> Did you mean AFLW? <laughs> <laughs> 
You're listening to The Outer Sanctum on ABC Radio. Welcome back to The Outer Sanctum. Our next guest has recently retired from AFLW. I don't usually do a really, really long intro, but when this person is in the house, there's no way you can avoid it. She's a champion of sport, let's just say that. She has represented Australia in the 2010 Winter Olympics in bobsled. She won a silver medal in the javelin in the 2002 Commonwealth Games. She was a runner-up in the 1997 Weightlifting Championships and she played 17 games for Collingwood in the AFLW. I'm exhausted and I just tore a hammy just saying it. We welcome the incomparable Cecilia Seabomb McIntosh to the Outer Sanctum. Thanks, girls. Thanks Thanks for having me. We've never had you on the show before. No. And why is it taking this long? It's ridiculous. But the last time that we did all catch up was when we all went to the Melissa Etheridge concert together and I think we bonded forever. We didn't go out and get tattoos that night, but I think we were close. <laughs> How are you going with retirement? I'm actually struggling. Um. I'm finding like um, I need motivation to go train now, whereas before I would just go do it, and and now I'm I'm finding it hard. But I wanna I wanna keep training because you know I might be playing VFL still, um, which I'd like to keep doing. And um, but I've taken up a new sport, so that's kind of <laughs> of course cool. you have. <laughs> it's kind of given me a bit of motivation to do something else. What sport is it? I've taken up archery. Oh, oh my goodness. Wow. Do you just like pick the most random, most unconnected sports and then say, I'll try this? Is that yeah, how it works? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I, I saw Gina Davis do this once where she decided yes. she wanted to go to the next Olympics and identified that archery was probably... Well, I heard that she was really good. good. Like yeah, she, was she just excellent. missed She out. just missed out on yeah, the Olympics. Yeah, no, you're, you're a yep. shoe-in. Yeah, so I've got it. You reckon I've got it? Yeah, All right. absolutely. <laughs> now, the one thing I noticed about you was that your fandom uh, was bigger than Collingwood, so it was bigger than Collingwood fans. A lot of people loved you and uh, there was a great article in the age by Megan Husthwaite talking about you and uh, your work are you and she said you're sort of big in the yogurt section (laughs) (laughs) so you worked for supermarkets have you sort of transcended the yogurt section in a supermarket pretty much that's where all the customers come up and talk to me about my sport so it's it's still going I love that you had that connection to working um, something like a supermarket. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I've been um, working at supermarkets pretty much from the time that I started to work. So when I was 17, I started at Coles and um, I was there for 10 years before I moved over to to Safeway. So I traded (laughs) and then um, I had another job for a couple of years and I've been back at Coles now for for a couple of years and... Um, yeah, pretty much that's paid my way through sport. So you do, you do what you got to do. Cecilia, you have, as we've heard, you've dedicated decades to sport and you've also gone through lots of injuries with that. What is it about sport that you just love it so much? What does it give you? Um, I think I started sport because I was inspired by people and that's what I wanted to do for others was to inspire others. And as long as I could keep inspiring others, then there was no reason for me to stop. I just continued and like I loved it. I loved the, co- the competition. It could be anything and I just want to be the best that I can be, but I also want to beat my opponents as well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Cecilia, you talked about um, supporting yourself through your work to, to try out all of these careers and you've excelled at all of them. But um, I, I know that it hasn't been a lucrative career. Women's Women often struggle financially unless they really reach the top of a game where uh, there is a lot of money involved. And, and so family members often make really big sacrifices to support athletes. And there's somebody in your life, Spanner, who's supported yeah. you throughout. Can you tell us a little bit about her, who she yeah. is and what she's meant to you? Spanner is my nan. Um, she <laughs> has been uh, pretty much the reason why I've been able to do uh, what I do for so long. Uh, when I was 17 and couldn't drive yet, and I was still living with mum out at Narry Warren, she would drive all the way from Nunawading to Narry Warren to pick me up take me all the way back to Ringwood so that I could train at Ringwood for, for track and field. She would go home, have dinner, come back, pick me up, take me all the way back to Narry Warren then drive herself home. Wow. So it was like a six-hour loop for her um, until I could get my licence and drive myself. And then uh, my mum uh, moved away to Wodonga and I had nowhere to live. So Nan had a bungalow built out the back of her house and Aww. I moved in there. Uh, I've been living with Nan now for oh, close to 20 years now. Um, so we're, we're still side by side. <laughs> um, and yeah, so 
now it's my kind of my turn to look after her now that she's been diagnosed with cancer and um so yeah so we're still still hanging in there together and she still follows my every moment she wants to know what the next sport is i don't think she actually knows that i've started archery yet. <laughs> i've kept it she on the down now. low at the moment but I, she would know, definitely listen going, to the abc yeah, she knows now she knows now <laughs> can i ask you um archery bobsledding weightlifting all of these sports are, are kind of individual pursuits whereas football is very much a team sport What's the difference for you in terms of motivation and is it easy to get motivated in a team sport? Actually, it's a lot harder. Um, For me, I still want to be the best that I can be, but it's not about me. It's about a team and it doesn't matter how good I am or how bad I am. It depends on it depends on the whole team and how you gel as a unit. So um, that I found very hard because um, I was training so hard and it didn't matter how hard I trained and, and put in. I might not have, we might not have always got the results. So it's a lot difficult, more difficult to be a a team player than it is an individual because I found as an individual, uh, everything that I put in, I actually got out. It sounds like the group project at university. (laughs) (laughs) No one likes a group project. (laughs) I always feel awkward talking about age, but you know, you are, have been the oldest player playing. Am I correct on in that? Yeah, right from the start. Right from the start. Amazing. And you've broken through glass ceilings everywhere. You've just smashed records and, and, you know, just really turned things upside down. What's it meant to you to be part of this history-making women's football movement? I think it's it's always good to be a part of history and, like, I'm happy to be a part of history and just in more than one, one sport. If I can pave the way for the next generation, then, you know, that's me inspiring others, which is what I set out to do in the first place when I was a young kid and watching my idols and stuff. So it means the world to me that I've been able to help the next generation come through. We are speaking with Cecilia McIntosh, retiring AFLW Collingwood player and sporting legend. I do notice, Seabom, that you have a lot of tattoos and that are they all sporting motifs? Like I think the first time I ever saw it, I think I saw the Olympic rings on your calf when after an exhibition match um, practice and I was thinking, it was the first time I Googled you and I've done it a lot of times since. <laughs> but your arm, I see you've got the big V. Are all of the sports represented on your body? Uh, yes, they are. Um, all of them are, are represented. I probably have to add something now for a- AFLW, I guess. Um, but football is in there. Um, but most of my my tattoos are in some way related back to to my sport somehow. So, but the Olympic rings were actually the only tattoo I'd ever wanted. But oh. I didn't. My career, I thought, came to a, a, an end when I was was 25, 26, when I retired from javelin. I didn't think I was ever going to make the Olympics and that all changed with, with bobsled. So I ended up with all these tattoos and, yeah. One of the things that, that I did want to talk to you about, but it's incredibly sensitive because um, during the Taylor Harris um, photograph incident that happened last week, there was simultaneously you were copying it online. And I think the thing that incensed me the most was that people weren't doing their research and didn't know what an amazing sports person you have been your entire life. Not that that would have stopped the trolls, but um, you don't need to talk to us about it if you don't want to, but I hope that you're doing okay. Yeah, so I'm I'm fine to talk to it, like talk about it. I'm doing fine. Like, you know, there are going to be people that, are horrible out there and you know that comes with being in the public eye I don't think it's okay it is horrible that people don't understand your background um I felt that I probably was thrown under a bus in, in a bit in a way with photo that came out that just kindly kind of said retiring from AFLW I've had a bit bigger of a career than that so that probably didn't help the situation at all but these things will will happen and if between myself and, and Taylor can start to stamp this out, then then I'm happy to be a part of it. Does the system step in and help you in that moment? You're a little bit, you know, because you'd retired and you're sort of out of the club, does it fall between the gaps a little bit? Or did you feel like you had that sort of um, sort of security and, and the support. system and the welfare and support around you? I think I felt the um, the public support and I felt like the support from like opposition um, players and stuff. I had a lot of messages from from players that I've played against or players that I've played with in other teams before. Maybe in in terms of higher up, I felt like yes, I was just a sort of a side, yeah. a side one. Cecilia, talking about your retirement and the end of the season or the t- retirement from AFLW at least, <laughs> anyway. We heard Emma say earlier that it's silly Saturday today for <laughs> Collingwood. Apparently, all of your teammates are dressed up as you. I can see you're wearing a T-shirt with yourself on that T-shirt, <laughs> which is just sensational. We all want one of those. 
are you heading to Silly Saturday soon and are you joining in the celebrations? I've actually been been there. So this is how I got the T-shirt. I had no idea <laughs> that today was going to be all about me. So, so you don't just walk around with a T-shirt I don't walk around with a T-shirt of myself <laughs> with my own little hashtag saying, Cecilia, later. Um, <laughs> So I think that's uh, maybe uh, Steph's doing, I think. I'm not sure. Sarah Darcy, I think, has had a bit to do with it as well. So um, they're all back there still and I felt bad leaving, but I'll be going back there to continue on celebrating with them. Good on you. One thing I just wanted to ask is that the AFLW teams seem to do Silly Saturday pretty well, but we talk about equality and we talk about gender um, support for women's sport. Like you've played across so many different disciplines. Is it the same? Like in track and field, do women feel as supported as the men or do you have the same conversations about equity and equality? I actually never felt this uh, issue between men and women before until I got to football. Um, So track and field, never had an issue. We're equals, you know, the women, the women and the men. Uh, Same with the bobsled, we were treated the same. Um, So the only time that I've felt like we've been treated below is has been with with AFLW. That's heartbreaking. Um, So what would you say to young girls and women or young women who want to come to the game? Do you feel like it's moved enough that that it's ready to be what it needs to be, AFLW? I I say to continue pushing through. Mm. Um, It's like in five and ten years it's going to be much better than it is right now and and same again five or ten years after that. When I started I was 27 and like there was there was no vision that that we'd have an AFLW competition so who would have thought I'd be where I'm at today um so I say just keep pushing the boundaries which is what I've done like one door's closed for me with with having to retire from from javelin and I've just walked into another whole other um sport and it's been a whirlwind I just want to say um I want a t-shirt and yep. that, <laughs> okay and that you've meant so much to me and and watching you play in uh, has, is I get emotional thinking about it because just seeing you out there, such a gorgeous athlete. athlete I'm just emotional. So <laughs> thank you. That's, yeah, that means good, a lot. Thank you. Good luck with your archery. Thank you. It's always interesting when um, yeah, we, we laugh about when we see footballers in real life. When I read that, you know, you, you were into weightlifting and javelin and, you know, I've seen you on the football field and I was aware that you're not as tall or as big as a lot of players, but... Our perception, I guess, when you stand back and, and think about it, especially like javelin athletes, is um, very large, heavily built people. You must have extraordinary mind and um, technique um, to be able to conquer so many spots, including football, which do require a huge amount of physicality. And you are not a huge um, you know. person, are you? <laughs> you know. oh, I'll, I'll say this, that sport is is more mental than it is physical. I was always told I was never going to make it because of my size. So, you know, mentally, if if you've got a strong mind, you can do anything. Cecilia McIntosh, that is a lesson to live by. And if a quote book isn't out by the end of the season, then it's (laughs) a waste of a turn. Thank you so much for sharing your story with the Outer Sanctum. But more than that, you were a player with the Melbourne Uni Footy Club for 12 years before you hit AFLW and the Collingwood team. You're obviously going to play on for the VFLW so we can still catch you and we'll be watching you, no doubt, when you're in the Olympics for archery. (laughs) We wish you all the very best and please send us some photos from Silly Saturday. Yes, thanks, ladies. Thanks. (laughs) Hashtag Cecilia soon. (laughs) Yeah, not Cecilia later. Cecilia, whenever we want. (laughs) We are getting some fantastic um, SMSs back. Someone was saying last night on the TV there was Don't Miss Sunday AFLW Grand Final Adelaide versus Taylor Harrison Carlton. (laughs) As if there's only one player anymore. (laughs) So the Blues just have one player now. And g'day, Grant here in Hobart. I'm a Blues man and I hope the men's team stay in Adelaide to watch the women's team win the premiership. I'd also like to thank the thousands of people involved in women's footy who are in the background and never seen. Forget about the players. Footy doesn't exist without the people like this. Thank you. And that's the beautiful thing about AFLW is the community. Of course, we saw Fernie Fern, um, who is such a diehard AFLW fan, but she's Collingwood through and through, and that Sue Alberti reached out and um, made sure that she could get to the game, which uh, is really just speaks. There's a bulldog icon contacting Mm -hmm. a Collingwood Mm -hmm. icon to make sure that they can get to a game between the Blues and the Crows. I mean, it's amazing. I've been thinking about you this week, Nicole, because um, you have been your team the Brisbane Lions, has always featured in the grand final. But a double loss for you this week because Sabs is your um, absolute favourite player and she's leaving the Lions. Will you follow Sabs or will you 
stay with the Lions? That is a very big question. Um, to be completely honest, I think my heart does lie with Sabs just wow. a little bit more. I know, I know. And the talk is she's going to be in Melbourne, so the opportunity to watch her more often is quite appealing too, I have to say. So you so, might be going for Richmond next year, do you uh, think? Yeah, that's a is big that leap go? for me. I don't know if I can quite do that. <laughs> it's a really good point to kind of remember as we come to the end of this season that the – a unique thing about AFLW is that it really does change from one season to the next because there is so much player movement and with new licenses and things. And it's really nice at this point, I think, to just take a moment and, you know, really celebrate and be thankful for the season that was and I guess be excited about what's coming up next. Hug your loved ones. <laughs> Trade true. period, yeah. hug your loved ones. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Emma, it's I've wanted to ask you a question about the old navy blue jumper. Are you excited about that? <laughs> I, I'm really emotional about it, actually. <laughs> I am really. You are crying. I, yeah. So I've been really invested in the women's team this year, of course, because my husband is the runner. And there's been a lot about that. The team's really opened up the doors to my family. So it's been, I am literally crying, I'm embarrassed <laughs> to say. But to see my husband, who's been a Carlton supporter for his whole life, to see him take on the role with such respect as well and he has a lot of access to the men's teams and so it's meant a lot to me it feels like um this barrow that we push with the outer sanctum um, sometimes can be really hard and and to have an ally like that stepping up and really demonstrating with his own physical um, commitment to the team how much it's meant i can't believe how emotional i am watching your little girls in the carlton jumpers which you know for a horse on they're hawthorn girls in the in the end but it's been so beautiful to see that whole journey and this is i'm i'm committed to carlton tomorrow because of that entirely because of that it's also worth pointing out that for Carlton supporters, Carlton supporters of AFLM, it's been a really long time since they've been in a grand final. So a couple of my mates who may be listening, listen, dids, hello. <laughs> we shouldn't, uh, it would be remiss of us not to mention what a big deal it is for Carlton supporters who, you know, have been through a really tough period with yeah. the AFLM team and haven't had anything really to, to, to kind of get behind for a long time. And what a beautiful story it would be for them if they won. Our time on the radio for the AFLW season has come to a close. We've been so honoured to be here and to and to cover the AFLW for you live on ABC Radio and we really appreciate the support that the ABC gives us. As of Wednesday, we'll be back to our podcast, which you can download. The podcast is more of the same, um, but we talk all the way through the AFLM season <laughs> and we will be AFLMing, um, but giving updates about what the women are up to as well. I want to thank all of our guests from today. They have supported our show from the get-go. Thanks, of course, to all at the ABC who have supported us but especially to Tess our super producer we couldn't do it without you Teddy we love you so much we're going out with Amy Shark who will perform at the AFLW Grand Final on Sunday thanks for your support the only thing left to say is go go footy Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.